Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. Um, today is the 15th of February, and this sermon is from yesterday, the 14th, which was Valentine's Day, wasn't it? Um, the Open Door is a church here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to join us on Zoom for our, uh, our pandemic-style worship gathering every Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you're just uh, totally welcome to listen in here. Um, on our podcast. We'll be doing two podcasts this week and probably most weeks during Lent. We have lots of conversations with folks in our church and our community um, that I'd like to record, and we already have some of those recorded. They are all going to have to do with how we practice our faith, the idea of following in the way of Jesus in this day. Um, Lots to talk about especially around the Open Doors five practices, which are to listen, learn, eat, encourage, and give. Those are often interesting, uh, provocative things when you first hear them, like especially the idea that eating is a spiritual practice or a communal spiritual practice. We think it is. Um, It seems like Jesus thought it was. So um, we'll get into all of that, and we're really going to broaden these and rethink them and turn them upside down a little bit over the next few weeks. So today we're getting into the listening practice, the practice of listening. What does that mean that we are a community that centers ourselves around the practice of listening? Let me start by uh, reading our scripture here. And then we'll get into the sermon from yesterday. Let's pray and I'll read the scripture. God, we pray that you would open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears to to your word. Um, Help us to hear from you, even as we sit in our homes or our car or go for a walk with the dog and listen to a podcast. We pray that uh, your word would be with us and we would know a bit of you through this experience. Psalm chapter 50, verses 1 through 6 is a lectionary passage for today, and it reads, The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God for it. So this first of our practices, it's usually the one we say first. It's usually the one we um, think about and or preach about or teach about or talk about first. It's probably the one that you think of first is listen. The practice 
can be often seen as the most personal of our practices, right? The practice of listening to God. We might even simplify it to mean contemplative prayer. We've done a lot with uh, contemplative prayer as the open door, um, learning to silence or not silence, but quiet, maybe quiet our own busy minds so that we can hear from God, so that we can listen and experience God in, in silence. It's challenging to do that. And yes, this practice is largely about the spiritual practice of listening for God through silence and prayer. But what I've learned about the practice of listening is that it's a practice that spans all of our work as the church, from our contemplative practices to spiritual formation, to fellowship with each other, um, to caring for one another, and especially for our our missional works of peace and justice in the world. Listening is a practice that for us affects all other practices. It affects our relationship to ourself, our relationship to God, and our relationship to the world. So today I want to consider listening first from that individual perspective that most times we think of and we talk about. But then I also want to think about it from a communal perspective that maybe we, we have glossed over a little bit. And then I also want to think about it from a missional perspective, um, a, a more challenging perspective for us. Listening, um, listening to God is kind of like listening to a symphony, I think. Uh, well, I'll tell you more about that in a moment. When the, the spiritual practice of listening is thought of as a means to an end, it can be so frustrating. I mean, think about it. When you try to listen to God to get an answer, when that's your, your goal is to get something from it, it can be devastatingly frustrating. I'm not sure about you, but listening for God, for me, uh, for an answer is hard. and usually fails. <laughs> but when we enter into prayer thinking um, that it's more like that beautiful piece of music <laughs> that we are experiencing, um, prayer becomes something different. Prayer is not about the end of the, of the experience, the culmination of it, the answer, but it's about the experience of it, just like listening to great music. But when we enter into prayer thinking it's all about the answer, uh, thinking we'll be rewarded with a distinct word from God. And I mean, even using the word listen, it's metaphorical, right? Listening sometimes isn't the best word for what we're doing. Um, we're often missing the point when it's about uh, an end result. Personal practices of prayer are not always about that end result. They are instead about the journey. I'm going to read a story from this book right here. That I, that's a sticker I put on there. But uh, this book by Belden Lane, I uh, really enjoy, called The Great Conversation. So yes, it has a lot to do with listening. And uh, he tells a story here. I'd like to read it. We shouldn't think of prayer as a technique with guaranteed results. If our purpose 
is to get something, to add another accomplishment to our spiritual repertoire, to acquire a reputation as a meditative master, the practice is sure to fail. Praying, like breathing, is its own end. It's a matter of yielding to the wind what simply longs to breathe us. A Tibetan teacher teaching story tells of a man who met a famous Lama passing through his village and decided to devote his life to enlightenment. He asked the Lama what he should do to achieve a state of continual conscious awareness. The holy man, sensing his sincerity, gave him a special prayer to chant, saying that if he practiced this way every day, coordinating the chant with his breathing, he'd surely find what he, de what he desired. The man determined to achieve an awakened mind. He went to a cave to meditate, devoting himself with all of his concentration to the prayer he'd been given, but nothing happened. For 20 years, he stayed at this work, doing everything he'd been told, yet enlightenment eluded him. When the Lama finally came through the village again, the man rushed to see him. What's the problem here? He asked. I'm still not enlightened. I've been doing exactly what you told me to do. Oh, I forgot, replied the Lama. What, what did I say? The man repeated the chant he'd prescribed. I'm afraid I told you the wrong thing, the holy man responded. That won't help at all. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do for you. It's too late to start over. You'll never be enlightened now. The man walked away overcome with frustration, anger, and despair. Not knowing what else to do, he went back out of habit to his cave, thinking, well, there's nothing left now, and I've I've gotten used to it anyway. So he crossed his legs, closed his eyes, and began to pray as usual. This time, without any hope of attaining enlightenment, and immediately his eyes were opened, piercing through the veil. At last, he understood that it was his grasping for enlightenment that, he had, that had kept him from achieving it all along. In the silence, in the silence, thought he, he heard the Lama's distant laughter drifting toward him on a high mountain wind. An interesting story taking place in a different religious tradition than ours, and yet I think it can speak, um, speak some great truth to us also. Practices of prayer, of meditation, of silence are practices that change us in the journey of the practice. That is hard. That is hard, but it, that's why we call them practices, these five ways of following in the way of Jesus. Listening for God becomes more like listening to that great piece of music, maybe like a symphony, really any music that captures you. And listening to music, we never listen for the ending or rarely do we. Rather, a great piece of music is about the journey of the whole thing, especially symphonic music. It's about being immersed in the music. Sometimes prayer, when we pray and try to hear something from God, we miss the experience of prayer for the 
attempt at knowing a nugget of truth or getting to the end and having something. But listening for God in prayer should become a practice of immersion, a practice of, of silence, a practice of quieting our minds. It's not a means to an end. The pra in practicing listening, we, be we begin to realize that all of life is the symphony of God. So our, our practicing silence and practicing prayer helps us to experience God, who we experience throughout life. We'll never experience the music in this way without the daily practice of orienting our lives toward God. That doesn't mean you got to set aside a half an hour every day or hours of, uh, hours of prayer per week. I'm not talking about a regimented type of practice, but simply focusing on our breathing, quieting our hearts, bringing to God what is on our hearts, and finding quiet time with God. And Lauren Burdett and I talk more about this in the interview that I did with her. I think I'm going to do another one with Lauren because she's worked on this so much um, through her writing and through her spiritual direction. So check out that interview. I'll probably be able to release it tomorrow on, our, on the podcast. Listening, though, then is also about encouragement. And that's one of our other practices, right? So throughout, as we, throughout Lent, as we talk about the practices, I want them to blend together and feel like it's just living in the way of Jesus. We love to compartmentalize. And so every week we're going to talk about one that blends into another one because uh, our compartmentalization of everything sometimes isn't very helpful. Listening to others is a practice of encouragement. Listening is not only a contemplative practice, but also a practice of a good friend, right? Many of you are very, very good listeners. Some of you have practiced listening uh, to me personally. I'm not always a good listener. Listening can be really hard for me and for some of you. And some of you, are, though, are really good at it. Some of you are therapists, and I'm amazed, or spiritual directors. I'm amazed at your ability to listen really well. Being a good listener is a self-emptying, setting aside the idea that we know the answer for someone in their time of trouble or just in their, in their lives. And instead, hearing their story uh, can be the best way to, to allow ourselves to love our neighbor and our friend. Just like our relationship with God, listening to one another is not about giving a definitive answer to fix a problem, but entering into life with one another in love. Now, sometimes there are ways that we can take action in someone's life, sure, and to further demonstrate our love and our care, but sometimes all that is needed is the act of listening. So our listening in prayer prepares us to be better listeners with one another. Half-eared listening, says Dietrich Bonhoeffer, despises the brother or sister and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. Have you ever felt like that? Like you've listened to someone just to 
long enough so you can get your words out and then be done with the conversation. Poor listening rejects. Good listening embraces. Poor listening diminishes the other person. Good listening invites them to exist as they are and to matter. Bonhoeffer goes on to say, just as love to God begins with listening to God's word, so the beginning of loving for the brethren is, listen, is learning to listen to them. Proverbs uh, 18.2 says that the fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. There you go. It is the fool who takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Later on in that same chapter of Proverbs, uh, the writer says, if one gives an answer before he listens, it is his folly and shame. Oof. While the fool gives an answer before he hears, the wise person tries to resist that defensiveness and to listen from a, a non-judgmental stance, training himself not to formulate opinions or responses until the full update is on the table and the story has been heard. So this kind of leads us from listening as caring uh, within our community to an even maybe harder, maybe deeper kind of listening. Listening to those who've been sinned against, listening to those who have faced oppression, which may be some of us. Um, maybe though, we're the ones who have caused uh, that pain in someone's life. Real spiritual maturity comes from all these types of listening um, and can become a missional thing in the world. This kind of listening I like to call a missional practice, listening as a missional practice. So it's not only about us and our internal relationship with God, but others and the world. Engaging in the Black Lives Matter movement and all social justice movements of our day begins with listening, self-emptying, non-defensive listening, for some, the phrase Black Lives Matter is a threatening phrase. Maybe when you first heard it, you felt a little bit of, of threat as a, as a white person. Many immediately responded with questions like, don't all lives matter? White America demonstrated that we weren't ready to listen. Instead of saying, being curious, why this phrase was so important, we became defensive. And the essential reason why oppression of people of color still exists in this country might be that defensiveness that so many Americans had when some people said that their lives mattered and they were specific that their black bodies mattered. So in the face of injustice, of, 
murder of black men by police. Some of us could not accept the claim black lives matter. That's a tragedy if, if that is true in the church, if the church could not hear that. Thankfully, this isn't true of all of us, of all white Americans by any means. And we now can see more and more folks waking up to the importance of listening to those who have been oppressed, even when at first it might feel threatening or like, like it, it shuts us out. That's okay. And yes, it's okay that it's hard. This can be really hard because we often see how we have been complicit in creating a culture where that even needs to be said or blind, we become blind to the need. It reminds me of King David and Samuel chapter two verse, or second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 12. Um, it's the whole story of David um, uh, having Uriah put to death because David wanted to steal Uriah's wife as his own and in fact did. And then Nathan comes to David and tells this story of this man who did exactly what David did, doesn't, doesn't at first tell him that he's talking about David. Um, and David gets angry. He, he boils up with anger. It says, David's anger was greatly kindled by this story that Nathan was telling. Nathan is a prophet, a good storyteller for sure, as prophets always are. And David says, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing. So the story was about a lamb being stolen. And because he had no pity, David was angry. And Nathan then says to David, you are the man. And David's mind is blown, opened up. David listens to Nathan to recognize his own sin and to beg forgiveness from God. Well, I hope none of us are in that place of uh, causing the death of another human being like King David. I hope that all of us, when we truly listen to the world um, and we see the complicity of maybe our people group or even ourselves, we might be humble enough like David to accept the responsibility that we need to accept. I think that's what the small group that the Open Door is participating in right now is all about. Having the courage to listen. One of the hardest but most important things that we're trying to do at Garfield Community Farm is to listen to those in our community, um, to people of color, uh, whose voices are, praise God, becoming stronger in areas of ecology and urban agriculture and agriculture in general. There are new leaders in urban agriculture, in botany, and in ecology all around the country um, who we're pausing to listen to and we're realizing that we, we've done some things wrong. That's hard to hear. That's hard to admit but it's so good. 
as white people doing urban agriculture in a 90% black neighborhood. If we don't listen, we probably should just get out. We began with listening. We struggled with it at times and we come back to it. Even our theology of the kingdom of heaven can be flawed when we think we can enter a culture, a neighborhood, when we think we can enter a, a culture that is not our own and bring all the answers. Doing kingdom work is not about bringing God or God's kingdom. God's already there, probably more powerfully than we can even recognize before we develop the ears to hear and the eyes to see God's work. Kingdom of heaven work is about coming alongside. It's about listening. It's about learning, developing mission in the image of those already seeking justice in their own context. But settler colonial mission, which was pretty much all there was at times in Christendom, settler colonial mission work constructs solutions to problems that just further demonstrate white privilege. But practicing listening allows those seeking God's kingdom to come alongside, to build up those who are already seeking justice, seeking the kingdom of heaven. Eventually, with missional listening, we're humbled like Jesus as the community solves its own problems with the help of Jesus and demonstrates the kingdom of God in their midst. Missional listening is a bit different than listening as encouragement. Missional listening must always be connected to action. This is how we become allies. In being an ally, we seek to lift up those who've been oppressed. We hear their stories and our action and mission and justice lifts those who have been oppressed up out of, their, uh, out of that oppression. Bonhoeffer continues, he, can no longer listen to a, he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Bonhoeffer uh, is quite serious in his choice of words. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable, Bonhoeffer says, to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but will only for himself and for his own follies. Whew. So in conclusion, what I want us to recognize in our practice of listening is that it is a practice that spans all of our relationships in the world. The mission statement of our church says that we seek to create passageways to God, others, and the world in the way of Jesus. In our practicing of listening, we're actively creating those passageways to God, to others in our community and in our world, both the natural world and to those people outside of our immediate community. Listening may be the greatest opportunity for us to follow in the way of Jesus. Our practice of listening 
is a humbling of ourselves and a demonstration of the gospel of Jesus. It is our formation into the likeness of Christ. It is our evangelism in the world. It is our evangelism in the world. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you, you create those passageways. We as the church try to do it, but you create those passageways. Passageways for us to know you, passageways for us to know each other and to truly listen to one another. Passageways for us to love our world, to love others, love our neighbor, to love all that you have created. God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and that by having those ears, we would be encouraged by our practice of knowing you, by our being heard when we need to be heard because our, our community loves each other, listens to one another, especially during this difficult time. Lord, we are tired. So God, encourage us during Lent. Encourage us as we set, um, set ways that we want to hear from you. Help us to experience your symphony in our prayer lives and in our world. Help us to see beauty and to create passageways for others to see that beauty. Jesus, we thank you that you uh, give us that passageway to God, to knowing God and to knowing ourselves and to knowing our world. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening in today to the podcast from our worship gathering on February 14th. Uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, we have an interview with spiritual director and author and Open Door uh, family member, Lauren Burdett. All of our music is by This Side of Eve, our band, which is my wife, Alyssa Creasy, and myself. Check it out, thissideofeve.com. Spin me.